I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. In the last chapter of 1 Kings chapter 12, we saw the tribes of Israel split into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The ten kings to, are the ten tribes to the north, going with King Jeroboam. The two tribes to the south, going with Rehoboam. In chapter 13, we continue on. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel. As Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering, he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who now make offerings here and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart, and the ashes on it will be poured out. You know what's cool? Yeah. Is that we know, we know when these documents were written. It's not, even if you... Even if people don't believe in the Bible, even if they don't believe in God, they it's a historical record of when this book of the Bible was written. Just like the Constitution, we know when that was written and when it was signed. It was recorded, right? This is history. We can look back at the original document and we can tell that it was dated and signed this time and it was carried forward. The same is true for the Bible. So this was written in 1 Kings that this man of God would take these bad priests and that they would be struck down. Also, that the altar that they're sacrificing on would be torn or would be broken. And 300 years later, This prophecy was fulfilled, the footnote says, in every detail when Josiah killed the pagan priests at their own altars. I really think that it's a good idea for everybody who is a Christian, who is born of the Spirit and looking to take their next step with the Lord. Get a a study guide on prophecy, on the prophecies that were made, and then when they were fulfilled. Because the Bible is full of this stuff, full of 
We know these writings were from 1000 AD, or sorry, 1000 BC, and we know that in 300 BC, this happened. The prophecy was fulfilled. In the documents, it was 700 years prior. I'm just using it in a general example, but my point is, is that everything that God prophesied that was supposed to happen already, that isn't prophesied in the future, it has happened. And it's a good study to go through that because if God made promises in prophecy and he fulfilled them, then it gives us hope that what he has promised to us is going to happen. You know? Yeah. There's a, a verse that says, we rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Basically, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because of the love that he's poured out on us. Notice, I, I used to think about that verse, and I used to think, God, so it just, it's okay if I suffer. Like, I want to embrace my suffering, and no matter what I have to go through. And all that's true and good, but as I've matured, and I've tried to think of the Bible less about what I'm going to be able to do for God, and more about what God has already done for me, I actually read that verse like this. We rejoice in our suffering, because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance means you made it through. Perseverance doesn't mean you faced your ultimate ruin or that you died or that the bad thing that you feared was going to happen to you actually came true. When you persevere, that means you, you came through victorious. So it doesn't say that suffering produces ruin. It doesn't even say that suffering produces meekness or humility or humbleness. It says that suffering produces perseverance, which in my mind, another word for perseverance is ultimately victory. Suffering produces victory. And perseverance produces character. What kind of character? And I used to think, oh, the, the iron will type of character that can stand up against anything and that's not easily shakable. And, you know, I can, I can suffer through anything with God because... I have that character, but you know what I think about now? It produces the character of a son who knows that his father will protect him, who knows that his father loves him. It's okay to have the character of a warrior. Nothing wrong with being a warrior, we should be warriors. But when it comes to our relationship with the father, we're not a warrior because of what we're going to do for him. We are a warrior because of our position having the character of a son of God in whom he is well pleased. Do you understand? Yeah. And then once we have that character that, you know, I, I know my father loves me. I know he's going to take care of me. Then we have hope. Hope that's not in our own strength. It's not in our own character. It's in his character. It's in how he loves us. I have that hope because I have the character of a beloved son. And that hope doesn't disappoint me. Because I know he loves me. He's poured out his love over me. Do you understand? 
Wow. I got off there. I think, uh... So prophecy is good. <laughs> Sorry. I don't... I, that was from the spirit, I tell you, because... I'm having a hard time thinking how I got there, boys. But, uh... But that was good, so remember that. Prophecy comes true. It strengthens us. In verse 4... <laughs> When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him! But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled up. Now, how about that? I don't even know what shriveled means. Just, like, became useless. So he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by, man of, given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Then the king said to the man of God, Intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. I just have to, I know we're, we're jumping all over here, but I just have to look at Psalms 22 too. So notice this man of God gives a prophecy from God. It came from God, right? And who's the most powerful person in the northern kingdom right now? Jeroboam. Jeroboam, that's right, right? He's the king of the northern kingdom. He is the most powerful man. And what does he want to do to the man of God for doing that? What's he about to do? He's about to kill him, right? And here, in Isaiah 22.2, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David what he opens listen to this what he opens the man of God no one can shut and what he shuts no one can open and the point in that is that think of this man going up against the king and the king wants to kill him but guess what when the Lord is on his side and the Lord has ordained what he is doing the Lord will do whatever it takes. What he opens, no one can shut. What does he do to King Jeroboam's hand? He shrivels it up. Who's in control? The Lord. God. That's right. That is correct. And he then he's this guy's begging after this, right? Jeroboam's begging. Please, restore my hand. And so the man did intercede with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before the king said to the man of God come home with me and have something to eat and I will give you a gift but the man of God answered the king even if you were to give me half your possessions I would not go with you nor would I eat bread or drink water here for I was commanded by the word of the Lord you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came so he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. Guys, this is packed. And sometimes we think of these verses. It's like, are you going to open up 1 Kings and start reading? There's not, not going to be anything there. This is packed with stuff. We are often put in this situation where somebody or a group of people are doing something and we know that the Lord has said no to that thing. Right? Does God say no because he doesn't want us to have any fun? No. Why does he tell us no? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. He knows what's good for us. He knows ultimately what will bring us peace. Right? 
and that the place we're going to look for momentary satisfaction isn't where that is. He knows that that's just going to bring us trouble later on down the road. So in the moment, it may feel like, God, he just doesn't want me to go. I'm hungry. I just want to go have this meal with the king. He wants The king wants to bless me with a ton of stuff. Can I just go? Is it okay for me just to not do what God says this one time so I can be given a bunch of possessions by the king? I mean, surely he won't care. I'm just going to take my possessions and then I'll go back home and I'll tell the Lord I'm sorry. But at least this way I have my possessions. It doesn't work like that. You can do that. And by all means, if you do make that decision, you should repent, right? The right thing to do if you do not follow the Lord in a, in a singular moment is to repent and say, sorry, Father, I didn't listen to you. I just, I did my own thing. Just confess it. I became my own God for five minutes. I became my own God for five days, five months, five years. I became my own God, and I don't want to be that anymore. I'm not my own God. You are my God. I want to submit to you. I want a relationship that we do it together instead of me doing it alone. You know? There's repentance. And you know what? You guys know what the story of the prodigal son says. What does the Lord do when you do that? When you come back. Yeah. He gives you a big hug Gives you That's right. He puts a, gives you a big hug. He puts the family ring on your finger. And he throws a party. He doesn't shame you. He doesn't say, how dare you. He doesn't say any of that. He, brings, he welcomes you home. You can always turn to the Father in repentance. doesn't matter if, you, if you've been following your own way for five minutes or for five years. Come back to him. Okay? But what we're learning here is that this, is, this should inspire us. This is a man of God saying, I'm not going. I'm not taking your gifts, and I'm not going to eat with you. I know that's going to offend you, king. I know this is going to offend you, but I'm not going to do what you want to do because the Lord already told me not to. And I guarantee you, boys, eventually in life we'll be put into that situation with friends and other people where everybody's going to want to go one way, and you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to disappoint your friends or are you gonna choose the Lord notice I didn't say disappoint the Lord because I I personally believe that disappointment has to do with surprise disappointment has to do when we expect a certain behavior and we get a different one I think that's what creates disappointment and I do believe that the all-knowing God knows all of your sins and even when you choose not to follow him. And he already saw that sin and that he forgave it at Christ and that he has made it. So your sins and lawless deeds, he remembers no more. I totally believe that, right? So you're you're not, in, in my opinion, the way I understand my relationship with the Lord, I'm not disappointing him. I'm disappointing myself, you know? I get disappointed in myself because I get surprised that I didn't follow him. And I feel out of peace. It's not because he's left me. It's because I feel like I've left him. You see the difference? He's, he's always there. It's me that struggles coming back and feeling like it's okay to come back. I'm worthy to come back. He wants me to come back. 
So you will be put in that situation. You're either gonna disappoint your friends, your friends will have expectations of you, right? And when you don't meet them, it will disappoint them. Okay, fine. But in this case, we should read these words and see that no matter what, we should do the things the Lord says to do and not do the things he says not to do. When we mess up, we go to repentance. We had, we confess that we were our own gods for a little bit, but we don't want that. We don't want to live there. We don't want to stay there. We want to continue to rise up with him in a relationship. And I'm going to finish with this. We only got about halfway through the chapter, but you know, we talk a lot because we're in the old Testament. We talk a lot about what sounds like behavior modification. And do you know what I mean by behavior modification? Yeah, that's right. Fixing a behavior. That's a good way of saying it. So, but that's not really the point of our life in our relationship with God. It's a good thing when you notice a bad behavior in life. It's a good thing to try and modify it. We don't want to just throw up the white flag, surrender to it, and say, well, I'm just going to do this. We don't, you know, we don't want to do that. Um, so there is a place for behavior modification, but I'm not really talking about behavior modification. I'm talking about heart transformation because the best way to say no to rejecting God and say yes to your relationship with God, the easiest way to do that is when you want to. When it's no longer, you're not talking about sacrificing for God because you're not sacrificing anything. You're actually doing the thing that brings you peace and happiness. That's where we want to get to. We want our hearts to be transformed so that we're following him, not because we're giving something up, because it's legitimately what we want to do. But we're not going to do that unless we invite him in we give him the keys to our heart and we let him start driving some stuff out. And some of that's going to cause some behavior modification for a little bit, possibly. But that's not the goal. The goal is to be close to him and let him reside in us and let our hearts be transformed so that we're allowing him to finish a work in us that he has promised to finish. And we're choosing him because it's everything we want. That's what we want to do. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so don't get too discouraged that we keep going back to the flesh, you know, resisting sin. Look at all this. In the New Testament, we have the promise of Jesus. We have the promise of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. And through him, we have already received the righteousness of God in Christ. So now we have the power to step into that identity allowing our hearts to be transformed. It takes time. Heart transformation, in my opinion, isn't fast. It's not always easy. It takes some time. That's okay, right? Faithfulness to the Lord. Faith is a gift of the Spirit. A gift is given. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit's not given. Fruit has to be Starts blessed. Grown. Blessed. That's a good one too, but grown. So, gifts are given. The gift of faith is given. The fruit of faithfulness 
living your life faithfully, that's grown. Okay? Give yourself some grace. Always allow for grace. Give yourself some time. It's going to be all right. Just understand, as our heart transforms, that's the road we're on. And it's not about behavior modification. The life in Jesus Christ is not about heart or behavior modification. It is about heart transformation. And that can only be done through him. All right, boys. You guys feeling good tonight? Yes. You guys look good tonight. You always look good, but you look especially good tonight. And when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you play good. <laughs> when you play good, I don't know. You have fun. All right. I love you, boys. I love you, too. You guys are good kids.